Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's time for Batter Up, the definitive Atlanta Braves podcast with host Joe Patrick and Caleb Johnson, giving you exclusive insight into our Braves from Sports Radio 92.9, The Game. Here's Joe and Caleb. Welcome in to Batter Up this week of March 22nd. We are back to talk everything Braves baseball, along with uh, maybe some things outside of the league at some point. We'll dip our toes in. But Ooh. for now, we have plenty of Braves uh, things to discuss. I'm Caleb Johnson and with my co-host, Joe Patrick. Joe, how you doing, man? I'm doing good, Caleb. It's kind of crazy that there's only 10, game, 10 days left until... The regular season even fewer games obviously so it's just nuts like it, i couldn't believe it it kind of hit me i think yesterday when i was cutting some sound that's like max they were talking about uh max freeze like only one start left until the regular season it's just crazy yeah. how it's kind of snuck up because a guy like max Fried, you know he's only thrown twice so far this spring um there's been fewer opportunities for some of these guys because no split squad stuff all that all the COVID protocols so it feels like there hasn't been as much spring training action i guess as there would be in a normal season so it's just kind of snuck up on us here but hey the i'm fine with opening day sneaking up on me uh, i can't wait for the season to finally get going uh, can i just say Caleb? i want to say one thing i was again i was looking at i was kind of looking over the roster last night um looking at the stats of spring training and everything and something that struck me and we'll i'm sure we'll talk about this in a little bit but the overall performances especially i'm specifically looking at the pitching staff the pitching staff performances have been pretty good across the board. It's not like there's easy cuts to be made and, you know, there will be cuts that happen. Um, so, I mean, maybe some, but uh, if this bullpen situation is going to get really dicey, uh, we'll get into that. Um, the hitting, not so much. The hitting has been pretty cold, but some guys are certainly hitting. So, well, I was about to say, look, on our last time in, we spoke about, Ronald Acuna going through some struggles and how he had picked it back up on the, on, by the time we, we had batter up again, Marcelo Zuna in the same, you know, box as mm-hmm. far as he had been going through some hitting struggles, somewhat kind of pick things back up. Now I feel like, okay, now we need to talk about Freddie. So we need to go get the bad juju out, go ahead and, <laughs> and talk about Freddie's recent hitting struggles so that hopefully by this time, Next week, things have really turned around. That's right. I'll, we just have to, you know, yeah, be very concerned about Freddie Freeman. Is he going to be able to hit a baseball ever again after the spring training? Uh, yeah, and we'll just get him on a hot streak. 
It, it's know, great. I will put something, and and maybe this is just too far outside of the box, but this is the first spring that Freddie has not been with his wife during spring mm. training. He is a new father, and he is not able to be with his brand new like his, his sons are, are, are you know not even what three months old yet yeah, yeah maybe right around that mark uh and as a married guy myself you know anytime you have to spend long stretches of time away from your significant other yeah you're not quite right you know it just everything's sure. a little bit off so so i will put that out into the world that, that is hey. that that is certainly the more wholesome route than saying that he's worried about his contract and uh <laughs> on his contract extension which is, of course still kind of looming over this whole situation and the consensus agreement from most people that I know that cover the team and everything is that this deal is going to get wrapped up. Um, obviously behind closed doors, uh, but get wrapped up at some point here during spring training. Still possible, you know, still there's still time. There's still time to do it. And they said, Alex, Alex Anthopoulos said, you will not hear about it until you get the email that comes out saying that he signed his deal. So um, there is still, you know, I'm still holding out hope. I just certainly hope I get that email here in the next uh, in the next 10 days, because it doesn't seem like it's something that you want to deal with once you go into the regular season. Well, look, if there's ever a guy who. I wouldn't worry about a contract. And and that is like me making a lot of assumptions on Freddie's character, but it's just it's what we've seen from sure. him that there should be absolutely no concerns of any you know, I a holdout or anything insane. Like he's gonna play, everything's fine, and he's going to get his deal. I think it is just they're going to have to find that number, you know, because I think what Paul Goldschmidt with the with the Cardinals, his deal, five years, hundred thirty million dollars. You're expecting Freddie's deal to be somewhere in that ballpark number, but the I guess the more recent deals as far as big money that the Braves have done recently have been very, very team friendly with Ronald Acuna and with Ozzy Alves. And so maybe there is a bit of a divide there where the, the Braves are thinking, well, Freddie's a hometown guy. He'll, he'll take a little bit of a deal. And it's like, no, I think you are going to have to pay him mm -hmm. not anything insane, but you're going to have to pay him his fair wage. And, I, I am in the camp of this will get worked out soon. I, I'm, I'm in that camp too, but I just find it really interesting. I'm not surprised that a negotiation like this would take some time because of the crazy circumstances uh, that kind of surround what just happened with Freddie Freeman, where he won the MVP in a truncated 60 game season. How do you actually hash that out in terms of, uh, you know, how that impacts the value that's going to take place in this next contract uh, that, that and plus it's the first season where he played where after he had that elbow surgery um, and he can, he can say, you know, look, I had the surgery. Um, I feel healthier. That result sh that showed in the results on the field last year. Um, and I'm sure the Braves would be like, yeah, but it was a six game season. You know, we can't extrapolate that out or blah, blah, blah. I think that's probably probably has something to do with why this negotiation will, um, what will be a little bit dicier than it may have otherwise would be. And, you know, the Braves, I'm sure they loved him winning MVP last year because they loved the results they got on the field, but I'm sure it also earned Freddie a lot of money for this next contract. I was about to say Freddie is 
agent will be looking at it like, oh, no, that's an MVP just like uh-huh. every year. Well, so here's what Freddie's agent should do and say, hey, Atlanta Braves, if you had won the World Series, would you have put an asterisk on it? Yeah, exactly. Okay, so yep. Freddie won the MVP. No asterisk on, exactly. on that MVP. Yeah, no asterisks on there. Give me my money. Yep, yep. <laughs> Well, uh, you know, I think it's the Braves are uh, we, I was talking about their kind of um, the good performances of the bullpen. They're actually I mean, I know we don't care about the like win loss record in the Grapefruit League, but they were four and two last week. They're 11 and eight overall. It's like this team seems like they're on a pretty decent role. Um, there are certainly worse positions you could be in as you head into in into opening day. I mean, Max Fried looked amazing yesterday. He looks every bit the ace um, that the Braves. I can't. I think we're kind of hoping for him to be. Are you surprised, like by by what he's shown? Because he's only pitched twice, but both times he's looked just so so good. I guess I can't be that surprised, just based on the talent that we've seen from him. Now, am am I surprised that in his limited appearances that he's looked this sharp? I mean, sure, because I guess if he did have a poor performance, I would just brush it off and not make that big of a deal. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> based, yeah, based on past history. Now, the yeah. one who I'm not letting slide and who you've been so big on is Drew Smiley. I am concerned. I, I am concerned that I don't know if he is opening day, uh, you know, like beginning of the season rotation if he's a work him in there at some point, or if he is from day one, he's our fifth guy. Mm. Yeah. I mean, well, okay. So this is a really interesting conversation. Uh, I, I think that I'm with you that Drew Smiley has not looked great at all. I mean, this spring, I wouldn't say he's looked terrible. He had the one really bad outing, probably the worst outing that a, a brave starting pitcher has had that I can recall off the top of my head. Um, but you know, well, like he, I was about to say, you know what he did after that appearance that kind of I'm not the biggest fan of I I, I psychoanalyze, I think, too much guys responses post game. It's just a thing that I do. And hey, it's what I enjoy. But after Fulty had his struggles last season, okay, he started blaming other things. You know, I was the rain. I was the. The, the radar gun out in center the field. Barometric pressure. The, yeah, exactly. Whatever he the could The moon do. was in the wrong spot. It was yeah. affecting the gravity of the ball. Yeah, you know, his <laughs> sleeves were too long. Like, whatever it was that he could blame. That's what he was doing. Now, Drew Smiley didn't do this after his last appearance, or after his rough outing that he had that yeah. last week. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah last week. Uh, he instead did the, well, you know, every... Uh, we need that. He's like, this is a good thing. This is a good thing. Yeah, exactly. You know, I mean, you know, it it really is getting me ready for the season to have a long inning. And I'm thinking, I don't know, maybe this is just how guys try to stay positive in their own head, but I'm thinking just own up to it. Hey, that wasn't my best stuff. I know I'm better than this. I'm going to come back stronger. And instead he kind of opted for the, Oh no, it was fine. Well, to defend my client, Drew Smiley here, he did <laughs> okay. say that he was pointing out the bright spots in his start. He was trying to take the positives. Yeah, he, so he clearly put, pointed that out. But no, I mean, I agree with you that he's clearly been the guy who's probably struggled the most. And he should be getting one or two more starts here in spring training before um, 
before the season gets going. I just feel like he's got to be in the rotation or at least be on the opening day roster um, because of his contract. The fact that he was a free agent, yeah. it's like not like you're going to, you know, you can do anything with him at that point. But um, so, I, yeah, I don't know. Like if he's not in the rotation, is he in the bullpen? I guess I'm not sure exactly how that would work out. Um, so that that's main, mainly the reason why I think he's going to be in the starting rotation open season is just because there's not really another spot for him. Um, how good he is to start the season is another question. And I, and I do think that he's one of those guys where he's just not pitched as much uh, these last, you know, these last few seasons. So maybe it, that, it, it, you know, it's just going to take him a little bit longer to kind of find his groove um, this season. But I, I still have confidence by the time that he gets there, he will be an effective pitcher for the Braves. It's also one of those things where I'm very much nitpicking at this point mm-hmm, because sure. how many rotation, how, how many teams in Major League Baseball would kill to have a rotation where you're looking at your fifth, you know, you're looking at fourth, fifth guy, depending on when uh, Mike's Roka returns, but looking at him and being like, ah, I don't know, I'm not really sold on him where tons of teams are looking at the rotation being like, well, I feel good about one, you know, maybe two. Mm-hmm. And, and I think we are lucky in Atlanta, the fact that, you know, having Max Freed secure, you can count on him. Having Charlie Morton veteran, you can count on him. Having Ian Anderson, whoa, boy, is he continuing to be my favorite pitcher. Man. And, and then coming into that back end where you're like four or five, all right, uh, I got to kind of figure things out, but. We'll mm-hmm. see. Uh, well, uh, one of the things I'm most intrigued by in this, uh, you know, we always knew it was going to be a battle between Bryce Wilson and Kyle Wright this spring. And, you know, I guess kind of the way that you feel about Drew Smiley is kind of the way I feel about Kyle Wright, where it's just like we've been waiting. We've been waiting for feels like three years now for him to like be this pitcher that we all thought he was going to be this kind of, you know, obviously top prospect comes from Vanderbilt this you know this academy that just churn it's like a it's like a starting pitching academy it seems like at this point just churning out major league players um and he just hasn't been able to hit that mark and i mean on the positive side of it i'm at least glad that bryce wilson is uh is finally like hitting his groove and showing his stuff and i think that he does look like he's going to start out the season being very effective for the braves but i just worry about what they do now with kyle Wright at this point because to me he's not a guy that you make uh into a bullpen arm, really? I I don't know. I mean, because he because he's got too many pitches in his arsenal. Like you want him to be a starter. I don't know. I don't know why I feel like Tukey can be more of a reliever than uh, than Kyle Wright. But it just feels like Kyle Wright's now getting up there in age, and I just don't know what the Braves do with him at this point. Yeah. Now, uh, just off the top of my head, I don't know what his options are like. Yeah, I don't know off the top of my head either. Uh, I can take a look. Well, while you I was going to say literally and figuratively, I don't know what his options are, but it, it does. <laughs> it does kind of seem like his time is running up because like I remember anyway, it wasn't that long ago where you were looking at Kyle Wright being like, well, at least he's not Bryce Wilson. Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Just, totally. Yeah. It was, you know, Bryce was having those moments of like deer in headlights. The moment was absolutely too big for him. And then it was like, he has this playoff moment where he, he seizes the day, you know, carpe diem essentially. And, and now all of a sudden he, he feels like, dare I say a sure thing like that. He feels like I can pencil him in right now. I would at least I'd pencil in Bryce Wilson more confidently in the rotation than I would Drew Smiley. And I know Drew Smiley will have to be in there solely based on 
you gave him a big free agent contract. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Kyle Wright does have two options, so still has options. He's 25, though, which is just seems crazy to me. Um, well, I was about to say, if you see him in Gwinnett, like that is an absolute failure. I, just, there's no I other way. There's no other way to get around that. If you know, I'm, I'm thinking if he was bright, if, if Bryce Wilson was having these struggles based on the limited appearances that we had seen out of him, you'd have been like, OK, yeah, he can go spend another year half a year, whatever it may be down in Gwinnett. But I think with as much as we were thrown Kyle Wright as like, this is going to be the next guy. I mean, I mean, Kyle Wright was thrown out there before Ian Anderson was, you know Mm -hmm, I mean? mm -hmm. It was one of those. And and, and boy, have those guys just completely passed each other going opposite directions. And the thing with Kyle Wright and Gwinnett is like, I don't know what he really has to prove at Gwinnett at this point. Like he's, he's kind of been there, done that. And then like hit the hurdle for him has always been, it's like, you know, making that final step up to the major league level. And um, it's not like he's, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think either of us think he's like, this terrible prospect now or anything like that, but it's just like not the guy that you thought you were going to get, I guess. Um, well, and that's why there's say, like some disappointment there. I was about to say today, perfect example. Look, we're, we're recording this on March 22nd. Braves have played or are playing the twins today. You know, it's still going on. And his performance was looked pretty decent early on, gave up a run, I think in the second. And then by the time he's done, he's given up four. Mm-hmm. I, you know, you just don't, you can't, uh, you have to hope for better than that time and that, in and time out. And that's exactly what Snicker has talked about with regards to Kyle Wright is that, you know, he wants to see the outing stay consistent from, from the start to the finish. And he says the same with Tukey as well. It's, it's one thing to pitch an inning of, of, you know, really solid baseball. It's another to do it as if you're a starting pitcher, you need to be, able to do that repetitively, you know, for three, four, five innings, six innings. Um, so it's just not, yeah, it's just the inconsistency is frustrating with Kyle, Wright. The working into long counts, getting into a lot of stressful situations is frustrating um, and raises the manager's blood pressure. I'm sure, you know, it's, it's we've seen similar things from Sean Newcomb as well, you know, when he's tried to go for this role. So um yeah, we'll we'll see what happens, but it sure seems like Bryce Wilson is kind of I almost see him as like the antithesis of Kyle Wright where he doesn't he doesn't have nearly the amount of different types of pitches that he throws, but it just seems at this point right now he's so much more confident in those pitches. The pitches are just better. They're they're, you know, more plus pitches. Um and he's just able to be more effective out there because of it. So, I don't know, it'll be interesting to see see what how this thing shakes out. Where are you at with Tuki Toussaint. I know like we haven't really had the the conversation of going down and and who makes the the roster and who doesn't, but just specifically when it comes to Tuki, mm-hmm. has there been enough in your eyes of an improvement for for him to be on the roster? I, I, not on the opening day roster right now. I think there's just too much competition that's pitching too well right now. Um I think Tuki Toussaint is a really, you know, it's an interesting proposition because I I do wonder if there are other teams in the league that could see him as a, you know, potential starter for them in their rotation. And if the Braves could, you know, extract some value there from him, um, because I kind of don't see him again to what Brian Snicker has said in terms of just that consistency from the from the front to back of his starts, his outings. Um, it's just not there. And I think that Tuki can go out and he's shown he can just throw absolute filthy stuff he's probably got some of the best like just pure 
stuff in the organization. Uh, I've heard some people refer to it as like his stuff is so good. He can't like throw it for strikes because it's just like breaking all over the place. Um, but seriously, like, I think his, I think that that specifically lends itself maybe to being a better, you know, potential closer or something like that, you know, cause he's just got that overwhelming kind of stuff. Um, but again, I just haven't seen the consistency yet. That really would make me trust him. Like I, would I trust him making a start in June against the reds? Sure. You know, it's like, you could do that, but it's like, if you, if, when it comes down to it, if it's like a playoff situation, would you, you know, like, are you trusting Kyle Wright? Are you trusting Tuki Tassan? Are you trusting Sean Newcomb? Are you trusting any of these guys that have kind of been these kinds of will they, won't they types of prospects? I don't trust a lot of those guys right now. Bryce Wilson would be the one that I do. And it's probably because I've just seen it from Bryce Wilson before <laughs> last year. I Yeah, I think so, is, is that it seemed like Bryce Wilson's issue was between the years. Like, you know, it was a... Mm-hmm. It was a confidence thing. I think it was something that w- what we saw postseason wise have him continuing to have those conversations from Ian Anderson, where from day one, Ian Anderson walks out against the well, the Yankees. I think it was because it, it was Yankees and then the Red Sox. I can't remember which order, but he came out day one and there was no question about his confidence. And so maybe with that rubbing off a little bit, it seems like that that is is more of his issue or was his issue and, and something that he's been able to deal with. Going from Tukey to a Sean Newcomb, is Sean a guy that you have enough confidence in based on, I guess, 2020 results into spring? Is he just an assumed carryover he's going to be on this roster opening day? I, I think he will just mainly because of the way that Brian Snicker has talked about him after, especially his last couple outings. I know his first one was pretty rough, but I mean, even after the first one, I remember that first outing that he had really early in spring, every Twitter was like, Oh, Snit looks pissed at him again, blah, blah, blah. You know, it's like, and then after the game, Snicker really praised him. Um, said the stuff was really good. And of course, Snit, you know, managers are always going to try to, you know, build the confidence of guys during spring training, but it, it, it seems genuine to me and I've seen Snicker not be so, you know, not be so looking so thrilled, like he, the way he sounded after a couple of Kyle Wright's appearances and Tukey appearances and things like that. So I really do think that he has confidence in Sean Newcomb at this point in time right now. Now we have all seen that confidence evaporate quite quickly with Sean Newcomb, but um, I do think that he probably is going to make the opening day roster, which is not something I would have said, honestly, coming into the spring training. Uh, what do you feel about him? I'm fine with him being there. I think more of what I see out of him making, not making are those business decisions of, okay, what's up with this contract? I'm pretty sure he doesn't have any options. Yeah. Not, not that they True. would try, not that they would try to send him down to a good net. Cause I really don't think it would make sense at this point. He could be, I think he's on a rap sheet of guys bullpen wise and and uh end of the bench guys on this Braves roster who could be trade targets you know maybe you do something with them maybe you don't but you at least have you have the option there's Mm -hmm. equity in what he brings to the game enough so that yeah I think he's on the roster he has one option by the way one option remaining 
has but an apparently option. I know Mark Bowman has said that, you know, teams don't necessarily want to actually use that last option because it, re- it reduces their trade value quite a bit. So, yeah, no. Well, that, I mean, that makes sense. It seems like maybe they are holding on to that. I think he does make the opening day roster just based on. They need bodies and mm-hmm. he's a decent enough guy that they can depend on who another left-handed going... arm yeah yeah exactly now left-handed arms are why i could see another particular brave not making this opening day roster a because nothing i've seen out of him uh, spring wise makes me excited and he's just so cheap and so easy to lose is grant dayton yeah you know, it's just one of those. Uh, he was one that was an interesting story in the 2020 story. season. Yep, yep. Well, just based on not only his pitching, but the fact of specifically money-wise, he was technically playing for free because he had already received his uh, like portion of his salary by the time that they started, you know, I guess, dotting I's and crossing T's as how much everything uh, was what, prorated and exactly bonus, yeah yeah and the, yeah yeah depending on what percentage guys were going to make i think he was set to make 200k last year mm-hmm. and he had already been paid that and so it was this joke of like ah you know guy really has to love the game because he's pitching for free uh, <laughs> yeah but i <laughs> well, do he, think he definitely loves the game he was like in the independent leagues like stickball leagues uh yeah. before he kind of got a break with the braves yeah, I mean, he had his moment. It was fun. I just do think at this point that not enough, there's enough lefty arms that yeah. he's likely not uh, not going to make things. Is there anybody else that you're on the fence on with this Braves roster, pitching or otherwise? Well, I think one of the really interesting ones is Waskar Yanoa, who's a guy who I've been very high on he's i've called him my dark horse and yeah um no none of the big writers mark bowman dave o'brien i don't think either of them have projected him to be on their opening day rosters i don't think that that is necessarily indicative of the way that either of those two writers view him as a talent i mean when you look at his numbers this this spring he's got in four appearances his his strikeout totals are four strikeouts and one and two thirds so striking out all but one batters, four strikeouts and two and one third, four strikeouts and three and six strikeouts and three. So like clearly this stuff is there. Um, and he has a, a he's kind of a different profile um, of stuff than a lot of other guys in this bullpen where he's just got like his heater is legit, legit and a really, really hard, devastating slider. Um, kind of a two pitch pitcher, though. And I know that Brian Snicker, he kind of raised my my eyebrow the other day when he was talking about, you and he was saying that like, he was like, like, you clearly has things he needs to work on. Um, which to me signals that it, there is something specific that like, I don't know if it's, um, I don't know what that specificity would be, but it, it signaled to me that Brian Snicker also sees the potential in Waskar, you but maybe he's not there quite yet. Maybe they want him to really focus on, I don't know, some technique thing or whatever it might be. Um, over a couple months or something, and then he can help them down the stretch of the season. So he's one of the guys that I'm really high on, but I'm starting to, I mean, maybe waffle that he he would make the opening day roster, even though if it were my decision, I would probably have him on there as kind of your long reliever, but he can also come in in a pretty pressure, pressure pack situation. He wouldn't be, you know, shy away from that. 
Um, he's kind of the one that that's making me scratch, scratch my head a little bit. What, what about you? Cause there are lots of different, you know, um, ways you could work out this bullpen right now because you've got several decent options. I think there's one simple thing that is hurting him that if he were playing on another team who really was struggling with depth, a, I think on a different roster in major league baseball, he could be in their rotation. A like, starter. It, it, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think that's definitely possible. However, the kid's 22 years old. Yeah. <laughs> I think age, I think age is actually hurting him slightly in that. I think Snit and Anthopolis and these other guys are having to look at it and be like, do we absolutely need him? I think they brought him in last year when they absolutely needed him. And he, mm-hmm. he held his weight, at least in my opinion, I think at this point, it's kind of like, I'm, I'm sure he has options. Uh, you know. Well, that's the interesting thing. He only has one option left. Oh. They, I remember they used him in 2019, like an emergency situation. He came up for a few days and then went down. So that is actually a really good reason why you wouldn't put him on the opening day roster. Just, yeah. you know, so that you can just save those well, that those options. Okay. So, yeah. So then that makes perfect sense. It I, does make I, perfect sense. Yeah, I, I, I think, <laughs> I mean, I, I hate it because I am with you. You, you yeah. talked about him being your dark horse. And I was a guy who thought, hey, he could easily be one of the Braves' best relievers. I mean, I know they're not going to put him in the rotation, and I don't necessarily think he, he needs to be. Uh, like I was saying earlier, I think on some teams, he probably would be just based on talent. However, I think age is kind of hurting him. And the fact that he has some more developing to do. Mm-hmm. And there's, I guess, quote unquote, embarrassment of riches where the Braves can have him start out in Gwinnett and let him develop and see, hey, you know, are the wheels going to fall off on Josh Tomlin this year? Is AJ Mentor going to come back and be the same exact guy that we saw him a year ago? Or if any of those guys struggle, does Matzik, do the yips show back up again? You know, all of those things kind of come into question. If any of those happen, I think he's the next guy up and he is immediately a part of your your bullpen for the rest of the year. Yeah, that that one option, man, that's that's really uh, kind of crazy considering he's only 22 years old and he's shown himself to be a, a talent. Um, well, I mean, he's been pitching since he was 20. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like yeah, that's, the, yeah. that's the thing is like he's been he's been pitching at such a young age. And it's so like you forget about this a lot of the times with those guys who are young at such a who are good at such a young age that if they have any moments where they underperform or whatever you're like ah oh, man i don't know about this kid and it's like hold on <laughs> just give him some time you know like don't don't throw him away just yet uh he has plenty of time to develop so let's just go through this bullpen right now so will smith he's going to be the closer we, we basically at the top four i think we can just lock up will smith uh chris martin tyler matzik aj minter those guys are going to be in the bullpen pretty 100 percent to start yeah. the season Josh Webb, would you say he or Jacob Webb, would you say he's 100%? I would say he's pretty close, honestly. Not not 100%, but I would say he's solidly in the bullpen. Yeah, I I've been given no indication to think that he's not going to be a part it's one of those solid arm can depend on him 
is young and there is room to grow. Mm-hmm. So, so we'll I'm, say he's in. We'll say yeah. he's in for five. Sean Newcomb, is he in or out for you? I think yes. I think for I, the moment, yes. I think he's also in for me. So that's six. So you got Newcomb. Let's put the four, first four aside. You're taking Newcomb, Jacob Webb. One of the players that they signed to a minor league deal, Carl Edwards Jr., has looked good this spring. I mean, I think if you if you brought in a guy like Carl Edwards Jr. Um, to kind of see how he looks after having dealt with these injuries that he's dealt with these last couple of years, I mean, he's pitched what? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven and a thirds innings and seven appearances. Um, generally looks pretty good. Has only given up five hits in that time. Has struggled with a few walks, but overall pretty solid. I would think that he's going to make it. Uh, yeah. And do you. I mean, I, I can't say no. It's just, I, I don't know which direction Snit is going to want to go. Is he going to want to trust the guys who he's seen in the past who are coming back on this roster or it, it, has he seen enough out of a guy like Carl Edwards Jr. in this limited spring that he's willing to cut ties on it? Because, I mean, I, I'm thinking what we're, we're talking eight guys making the bullpen. It, it, yeah, to reduce the number, to me, it really feels like you have to pick two from Grant Dayton, Carl Edwards Jr., Luke Jackson, and Jacob Webb. That's, that's how it feels to me. Um, I'm missing any names on there. I mean, there are a couple other pitchers in camp. I Josh think we Tomlin. can. Yeah. Yeah. Josh Tomlin. So we've, we've already, I think we agree that Dayton won't be one of the guys who makes it. So Carl Edwards Jr. Uh, where was I? Carl Edwards Jr., Josh Tomlin, and Luke Jackson. That's three pitchers, and you basically have two slots to fill. Who would you take? <laughs> I think I would go Carl Edwards Jr. And and what Jacob Webb was the other option, um, Tomlin and Jackson. Oh, between Tomlin and Jackson. So yeah. So then, give it's, me give me the quirkiness of Josh Tomlin again, and let me see what Carl Edwards Jr. can do. I I've seen enough out of Luke Jackson. I yeah. I think he's a guy who. Let's see how he works out on another roster. I, I you know, I <laughs> yeah, mean, there, yeah. there have been there, there have been other guys who left the Braves organization and found their way. And I think there's nothing specifically wrong with Luke Jackson, other other than I can't count on him, and I don't know what I'm going to get out of him. And mm-hmm. I mean, that's it's been a, a an entire career of that. You've had some highs out of him, and then you've had some low lows. Where you know our, uh, you know where where Randy he he won't even you know call him by his name he's just seventy seven so yeah. I do think we've reached a point with seventy seven where let's see something fresh yeah so it's interesting I I I want to say that both Bowman and Dave O'Brien have been pretty much consistent and they they both have been taking or projecting Tomlin and Luke Jackson uh, and basically exclu- excluding Carl Edwards Jr. Yep. Isn't that based on Snit, like, or, or just trying to read into Snit and I think thinking, so. okay, is he going to go with a guy who has been around the organization, who he's really want to see work out, or is he going to go with a guy who they tossed a minor league deal at, who 
could give you something better. Maybe mm. not. Yeah. No, I, I think you're right. I think you're right. I think they are kind of seeing that kind of, that added value that a guy like Josh Tomlin has that's beyond what he offers um, when he goes out there and pitches on the mound, you know? Um, man, it's so tough because part of me also looks at Josh Tomlin and is like, the guy throws 88 mile an hour yeah. fastballs and you just kind of hope they don't get hit very hard, but it's kind of just hoping um, he's 36 years old. Oh man. I, I would go out on a limb and, and say that, that it's tough because if you don't take Tomlin and you don't take, you you don't really have a long man, long inning guy. It's tough. That's tough, man. Um, I guess, Shoot, I didn't want to take Tomlin, but now I feel like I have to put Tomlin in like a if we're taking eight, which we're kind of assuming they're going to go with eight relievers. Yeah, so I'll go with Tomlin and I get I'll go with Carl Edwards Jr. over Luke Jackson. Um, but it's tough. I mean, this is these are the decisions this, that this team is going to come down to. And it's not easy decisions because all these guys that we're talking about have had pretty good springs. Like it's not like, oh, this guy's been terrible. Get him out of here. So, yeah, it's. Well, look, I, I think you you run into a similar position when you look at what are the Braves going to do bench wise as do they cut ties with a guy who's been around the organization or do they go with I know we've talked about this, you know, off uh, batter up about Adrianza has really shown up this spring. Yeah. And so. Does he does he have a, a bench role? I'm kind of it's assuming like, like Adrianza is the Carl Edwards Jr. of the bench and Jason Kipnis is the Josh Tomlin of the bench. It's like, yeah. do you go with kind of the the, you know, higher potential, you know, that kind that kind of dynamic, that kind of profile player? Or do you go with the guy who's more seasoned, you know, clubhouse guy can rub off on his teammates and, uh, you know, share his experience and that kind of thing? I think that's the kind of decision you're coming down to with this uh with this bench decision but i mean the results are certainly pretty clear if you look at adrianza he has actually gotten on base coming into today i don't know if he played today or how he's done today but coming into today uh he had two he was two for two yesterday with two doubles the day before that he was three for three with three singles and the day before that he had a double and a walk in his two plate appearances so he had actually gone seven plate appearances getting on consecutive plate appearances getting on base i mean the guy's pretty hot it took him a little bit to get going this spring but once he did um eh, it didn't even really take him that long now that i'm looking at the game logs he's been just just tearing it up as of late but i don't know how you deny a guy who who's playing that well and that you brought in to try to ostensibly win win that job by he's done in the past I think that was just that assumption that he's going to win this job. Mm-hmm. And especially when you bring in a lesser known guy, Adrianza, who's, you know, coming from the, coming over from the twins, but to see his production this spring, I, th- I think you, you will have to, what the, the, I think you're, you're having to deal between walking away from Kipnis or Pablo Sandoval or potentially both. If you hold on to Adrianza and then hold on to Johan Camargo. So, I mean, there that's a whole new set of, of, of decisions to, to weigh out. Where do you go with the guy who's been around the organization, who's proven he can be dependable or bring in some new blood? You know, it's a lot, a lot of decisions uh, to be made. Do you have any, I guess, not quick, but... Do you feel one way passionately about this bench? 
I don't feel I don't care who ends up making the team. <clears throat> my, 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 even though I am a, a Braves fan, you know, I follow the Braves, even though I, it's weird because it's like you, you cover the team, but you're also a yeah. fan of the team or you've just grown up here and been a fan of the team. Sure. Um, no, I get it. I don't, I don't care who they choose. Like, like, I don't really have a dog in terms of I like this player, not that player. Like whoever they pick for the bullpen, whoever they pick for these bench spots is, you know, totally fine with me. Um, I would probably prefer Adrianza. I, I just think that, you know, what he gives you on the field is better. And that's what I think should be prioritized. Uh, but it certainly wouldn't surprise me if Jason Kibnis is the guy for, you know, kind of the reasons that we talked about last week with Nick Marcakis, right? Yeah, good, good clubhouse kind of guy. Uh, Joe, I think we will. We'll, we'll, we'll save what we got left for what well, we've got one one more show before the season actually starts. Yeah, and we can probably can we plug? Uh, I was just about to yeah, say we've got go a it. little we've got a little bit of big news, at least big for Joe and I, in that uh, we we have been in a way called up to the big. We leagues. are we've been called up. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> next Sunday, what is that? March twenty eighth. Yeah, I believe. Yep. March March twenty eighth. Joe Patrick, Caleb Johnson. Andy Bunker will be doing a show together on 92.9 The Game from 12 to 2. That's on that's this upcoming Sunday, 12 to 2, getting you ready for the Braves season. That will begin, Joe, on Thursday. Like we are we are that close to getting real baseball that counts that we can watch on TV if you have the right cable provider. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. I'm sorry. Uh, I, I'm sorry. I went there. I, I did. I just, you know, every day is like, <laughs> I'll get a new cable tomorrow. I'll, I'll worry about it tomorrow. And soon, you know, it will actually be. Tomorrow. I will. I will say this real quick. I have seen Braves Twitter talking about, yeah, I think I'm going to cancel my YouTube TV or my Hulu or my this. And I'm going to get AT&T TV for the baseball season and then cancel it and go back to what I like. I was, that's just so insane that we've reached <laughs> like like we this is supposed to be the the incredible time of media where everything is at your fingertips and yet i can't hardly watch my favorite team without using my parents you know subscription mm-hmm. to cable or whatever you have to do uh you know illegally stream it you know <laughs> mm-hmm. whatever whatever you have to do uh to watch it that uh it's getting it's getting insane, but at you know, least at this point we'll be able to watch and they'll count. As they say in Jurassic Park, life finds a way. <laughs> very it's very stoic, very uh enlightening there, Joe, as we'll we'll wrap up. Uh thanks everybody for for tuning into this episode of Batter Up. If you like the show, please go when we when we put it wherever you can find your podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts, like, subscribe, do all of the fancy stuff. Whenever you see us here on Facebook Live, tune in. Even if you don't like us, that's fine. Just, you know, mute it. We'll take the views from you just the same. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We'll see you back here next week. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. 
conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.